0: My convictions were greater than my complacency. I didn't care about the repercussions.
1: I had to speak. So I started speaking and it resonated with a lot of people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Otto Gomes Crypto Show. I am your host, Otto Gomes. We have a very, very special guest today. His name is Alec Zeck. Growing up in a broken home, Alec made his way to the army, looking for purpose in himself the health obstacles that he had to endure with his mother and that his wife prepared him for the path he was about to take. He's now the founder of Health Freedom for Humanity and host of The Way Forward. And now someone that I call a super tight as F friend of mine, my good friend, Alex Zek. Hello, Alex Zek. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Um, as always, it's a pleasure to, to see your lovely face and experience your life here through this screen. Um, I want to share your journey with my audience. I want to share with them how you got to this point in your life. So, um, tell me a little bit about your journey, just like kind of where you feel like it started for you. And what was that red pill moment that really shifted you away from the matrix?
0: Oh man. Um, what a loaded question. Okay. (laughs) So I, I guess just going into like the health story of my like family is probably the easiest way to do that. So I, I grew up in a household that was super chaotic and abusive and um I don't say that as like a woes me thing that's just like the truth right like my my dad was repeating patterns of generational abuse my mom was extremely codependent so because my mom was codependent and more focused on fixing my dad than she was like anything else really even caring for herself um she uh neglected us as kids quite a bit and my dad, you know um, had a lot of shame. I think that I don't want to like speak for him. And to be clear, I have a good relationship with my dad now. And like my mom and I are good too. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it just is what it, it was, what it was, right? Like it was, it was, the, the environment was not conducive to health for kids whatsoever. Like, uh, I mean, I was pretty physically abused, verbally abused, emotionally abused, all the types of abuses. Um, mm. and because of the, you know, situation between my mom and my dad. My dad went to rehab for a year. And when he went to rehab, my mom went to go see a psychiatrist for some of the, you know, trauma and pain that she had experienced because of their relationship and the toxic relationship that it was. Um, and my, like the psychiatrist that she went to see didn't offer her any help on, in terms of like trauma healing or in terms of nutrition or diet or mindfulness or groundedness or spirituality connection to source, God, any of that stuff, it was like a 15 minute survey. And then she was prescribed multiple benzodiazepines and SSRIs. Right. And I was in eighth grade at this time. And from eighth grade really through high school and then beyond high school, my mom's health, Would she would have moments where she would appear like herself and then plummet where she would be hallucinating, not uh, leaving her room for three weeks at a time, not sleeping for like a week straight, Mm -hmm. like just up at night, just staring at herself in the bathroom mirror in a state of psychosis, Um, in and out of mental hospitals, multiple suicide attempts in mental hospitals. And in 2016, so this is like nine to 10 years of this or something like that um we had finally come to the point where like okay my siblings and i agreed that we weren't going to have a relationship with my mom um, we couldn't get close to her because it would be too painful because she was either going to succeed in killing herself and, or that you know this 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 constant up and down where you're like oh my god she's good again she's fine she's fine and then pff, bad like state of psychosis again we were we it was just too painful. So we were like, okay, we need to distance ourselves from her in terms of our relationship with her. And we just thought the psychiatrists and the doctor, she was seeing knew best. We were like, okay, it's just, she's effed up. Right. And, um, in 2016 by chance, she was seeing a therapist, uh, who, um, was reading a book called a mind of your own by Dr. Kelly Brogan that had just come out. And this therapist was like, Allie, you've tried everything. I think you should schedule an appointment with with Kelly and go see her. Maybe this could help you. And uh, it's interesting because, like back then, had you looked up Dr. Kelly Brogan, you would have found what you find now. You probably find more of it now that she's a pseudoscientific quack that spreads misinformation. She's an anti-vaxer. she's harmful, this, this and that. And um, I didn't know what to think of it. I more so thought that, like, what is, like, what is this person going to do? You know? And at this point, my mom had tried multiple things, nothing in the realm of holistic health, really, but mm-hmm. we were just like, okay, this is just going to be another thing. And after seeing Kelly who, you know, has a very holistic approach. I mean, you've interviewed Kelly, very, very holistic approach, very anti-pharmaceutical, like on, in all aspects. Um, my mom began to heal for the first time ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still a lot of layers of healing to to be done, as there is with any situation, because there's a lot of baggage and trauma there. And she's had to really look at that for the first time in the past five six years now. Um, mm-hmm. But she, but she started to heal, and she it was a very simple thing. It was just treating food as not only like a source of sustenance, but a source of medicine for your body. Um, and for us, that started initially with uh, paleo for her, paleo slash whole thirty. And being more mindful, healing your trauma, um, and then having a connection with uh, something, some aspect of reality or consciousness or source or God that is, that is greater than you and having that connection. Um, And my mom began to heal. And so I had just commissioned as a second lieutenant in the army at that time. And I was very, you know, I I had already started questioning like the war and like the war paradigm and like what happened with nine 11, a little bit, I had watched loose change and zeitgeist. Um, So I was already like, I was in the army and already kind of, you know, like, ah, should I be in the army? Dangerous, dangerous mindset to have in the army, bro. (laughs) Dude, I know, I know. But then this just deepened my, spiraling down the rabbit hole of questioning everything. Right. Because like I had that kind of lingering in the back of my mind, I had always been interested in like aliens and UFOs. Like I used to spend time at West point, um, uh, on the CIA's reading room, like their, for their declassified documents, just like going through that. Um, and all my friends thought I was weird because that's I, I like to say that, to say that like my mom's health journey was the thing that like sparked my curiosity in questioning things is not entirely true, but it definitely deepened it to a level that I went fully there, like into questioning everything and questioning myself and healing my own trauma. Cause so after my mom began to heal, my wife, who I'd just gotten married to at the time, um, nine years prior to us getting married, Kylie was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. And, uh, under the care of multiple rheumatologists, chronically ill all the time. We even had discussions like, Oh, are we even going to be able to have kids? You're going to be in a wheelchair by the time you're 45, her inflammation levels. So her SED rates, which is the inflammation levels in your blood were off the charts, like off the charts high. And normal is around 20 to 28 for, for any normal non-inflamed person. Right. And hers were like above 60 something. So they were off the charts inflammation. And then she would take immunosuppressive drugs, which would just mask the symptoms, reduce the inflammation a little bit to around 50. And, um, you know, it, it, it created more symptoms, and then she was on some some form of psych meds and other things. So just a perpetual like, oh, this has a side effect. Oh, just take another medication for that one. Oh, that one has a side effect too. Just take medication for that side effect. Just this perpetual cycle of pharmaceutical products. And after we saw my mom begin to heal, we we're like, let's try the same thing with you. Let's taper you off your your meds, and let's see how you feel with this holistic approach, right? And Kylie began to heal, and in a matter of four months, she was like. I feel great. Like this is the best I've felt in a long time. I'm not on any of my meds. Let's go to my rheumatologist and test my blood work and see what my inflammation levels are at. And they were normal for the first time in 10 years. So that just like solidified it for me, seeing those two real situations. I just began obsessively researching everything, pharmaceutical industry, deepening my exploration into government corruption while being in the government as an officer in the army, having graduated from West Point. So yeah, man, it that that was my journey. And uh I really like the the main portion came um in 2017 slash 2018. I uh I that's when I started healing my trauma and stopped um externalizing my self-worth. And like I still do that to some degree, like I still struggle with worrying about what other people think quite a bit, and that's something I'm still having to break through, but that is when I really began to I like hit rock bottom through like through a lot of trauma healing, right? Like childhood trauma healing um of this point of I don't know who the fuck I am. Like I have no clue who I am and it was a good thing cuz it's like wow, I can be who I want to be now because I don't know who I am. I don't have to wear all these masks anymore and pretend to be this, pretend to be that, hide behind, you know, all these like layers. It's it's peeling those off and getting to who I am and that's when I started you know, really being Alex Zek and making Alex Zek be who Alex Zek wants to be authentically, and uh, yeah.
1: How how old were you around when that started happening for you?
0: So two thousand. So I'm 29 now. 2017, 2018. I would have been um, some yeah, 26, yeah. 25,
1: 26. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's um, a heck of a realization to have at, at that age you know, to be able to step into or be aware. I mean, literally just the awareness piece is in incredible uh, at that age. Yeah. When did, when did it shift for you to want to start really speaking out about it? Cause like I, you know, I get going through the traumas. like I've been through my own, yeah. you know, layers of it myself or for my own life, but you know, speaking out about that kind of stuff and talking about it yeah. and you know, even being in the army and being that way, um, so when did it shift for you to speak out and to be the person that's talking about it? Oh man, so
0: my mom and my sister had already established like uh presence on social media, and I actually used to give them a lot of shit for being like social media influencers. Um, like <laughs> now, you're, now, <laughs> now, you're now you're like, like oh, goodness, yeah, look <laughs> at me now, yeah, I know. So, um it really started with this whole charade that is COVID. Um, I'd already done so much research, research into the nature of disease and, uh, and um, the pharmaceutical industry and corruption in that realm. Just because after, you know, the two situations with my mom and Kylie, just really deepening my research into that and like how, okay, how can you actually be well? Like what is nutrition? What are we supposed to be eating? Monsanto, glyphosate, Roundup, all the things, right? (laughs) Yeah, so, and then when I had my son in uh, 2017, he was born August 25th, 2017, that deepened my research in the pharmaceutical industry to another level where I started looking into corruption with vaccines and like obsessively researching over that, right? read multiple books. jp jb hamley's how to end the autism epidemic like a year later that came out i read that and i just you know just continued to solidify it um dissolving illusions the vaccine friendly plan um dr Cowan's book uh i think it's called what is it called it's like autoimmunity and the changing uh, vaccines autoimmunity and the changing nature of uh childhood illness mm. so i just like researched forever on those and so when COVID happened I did think that they had successfully created the bio a bioweapon lab. I was fully on board with virology and everything like that prior to now you know my stance on it now. But I did think they had successfully created something in the lab. I was looking at what was happening in China in in December before our mainstream media was 2019? even really talking about it. I was like yeah. And I was wow. like, Oh my God. Cause I was in this course in the army called a captain's career course, where you learn to be a captain in your specific field. So I was in, in it for field artillery out station at forces, Oklahoma. And our instructor had us uh, like one of the students just brief someone on the news every day, just like whatever the like news headline. And he wanted us to not go with the mainstream news. Cause he's a dude who questions a lot too. So he wanted us to find deeper articles. So got brought to my attention and like, December, early December, right? There was this new virus. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. So I, I was on a social media break at the time for like a six month social media break, but I was on Reddit and I was in a lot of Reddit subs, just like looking like, and I was seeing videos of people dropping in the streets. I was seeing that our mainstream media wasn't talking about it. So I was like, oh my God, they're trying to cover this up. This is crazy. They successfully create a bioweapon. And then I my wheels started spinning my head. Like, why would they do this? Okay. What's the intent? What is the real goal behind this? I'm like, this is no doubt going to be used for mandatory vaccines for all people. And I, I made a video February 29th, 2020, before it was ever shown like before the mainstream ever talked about lockdowns, masking, vaccines, any of this stuff,
1: none of you it. Literally, I saw made that video and you're like, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to play out. <laughs> you, <literally, laughs> Yeah. Like, what so the I said, yeah, man. I, February 29th, 2020. And you know,
0: it's on that day because I have a baby face and I look like I've aged 10 years now. Um, and <laughs> so,
1: so true. Well, I was still
0: in the army, so I clean shaven <laughs> haircut, you know? So I, uh, I made a video and I was like, this is going to be used for mandatory vaccines for all people. I didn't post it, but I just recorded it. So I was, for my own, like I'm calling it right now. And even then I was still just like watching, monitoring what was going on. I was seeing the clear inconsistencies. And, and then once so-called COVID hit over here, I was seeing how nothing was really happening. And I was like, oh my God, like this was a total PSYOP what happened in China. Like the, the, the people dropping in the streets, that that had to have been state run propaganda. And of course it was, uh, or maybe some of the people were dying for other reasons, right? And I was watching it happen. I was just like watching what was happening here, really leaning into my own observations, then watching our mainstream media really push the fear. And I was like, wow, okay, I see what's going on here now. So then April, May comes around, the very beginning of May. I had never used my social media to talk about anything. I don't even remember what my first post was. Oh, actually, I do remember what my very first post was. It was questioning like just the pharmaceutical industry and how. This was a push by the pharmaceutical industry and the government to push us further into a disease state, to get us to buy into the need for vaccines, um, which I had already done a ton of research on. So I started speaking, man, because I had already researched government corruption. I had already researched the pharmaceutical industry. I had already researched how the mainstream news is completely lies to us. I had already, um, you know, dealt with narcissistic abuse, trauma, manipulation, gaslighting. I had already um, seen the powerful healing effects of adopting a true method of that is that is that is grounded in mind, body, spirit health, like the holistic health approach. I'd already seen all of that. So it all kind of came to a head and I was seeing what was going on so clearly. And I was in the army. Right. And it's scary to speak out on something that is you know, at the basis, very against the, what the pro government narrative is. And I'm in the army and I'm like, dude, I have to speak though. I just felt it inside of me. And at the time my mom was already like, you know, bouncing some of the ideas for her posts off me. And I was helping her write some. And she was like, you, you just need to speak Alec. And I'm like, I I want to, but I'm freaked out. And it wasn't a freak out of like, what are people going to think? Cause I'd already gotten past that. Right. Mm -hmm. It was more so freak out of like, how am I going to get effed by the army if I continue to do this? But this is what Ben Tapper says. And I, I love this. My convictions were greater than my complacency. I didn't care about the repercussions. I had to speak. So I started speaking and it resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, I exploded then I've been deleted eight times. I've had hit pieces written about me in the, by the guardian. I was actually going to ask, so so like,
1: what, what kind of, what kind of censorship and kickback did you get from speaking out? Did you get any from the the army?
0: Okay. Yeah. So when we first launched health, freedom for humanity in January of 2021, um, I'd already been speaking at that time. And I, I don't remember how many followers I don't really care. I I, like, but I was, I was a presence in this space, you know? Mm. Um, but I was clever in that I always, um, I never showed my face on anything. Yes. You could see my picture, but it was a picture of me with a beard and I was already getting out of the army. So I was like, okay, I just need to buy my time. Definitely not show anyone, like never take a picture of me in my uniform. I don't want anyone to know that I'm in the army. Right. No, I don't want anyone to know. And most people didn't know. Like I would have conversations. With I didn't, I didn't know life.
1: for, for a while, for a long time. I didn't know. So because I, got- <laughs> I hit it
0: well. And I also obsessively followed the, the book, like the regulations, in the army, when it comes to social media use and speaking on certain things. So Back then, I never said anything about the government. I would always sort of allude to it by saying the experts, the experts, but I never spoke about the government, right? So I, I towed the line pretty well. But I also grew a lot, and then our organization was exploding. So I got contacted by this reporter named Jasper Jackson from um, from The Guardian out of the U.K., And this was like a month and a half into us existing. And he says, this is your right to reply to the following information we are gonna publish about you. And he listed, you are, you know, an anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist." blah, blah, blah. You believe the virus has never been proven to exist, blah, 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 blah. And of course, framing it in a way that makes me sound crazy. But at the end he said, you are a former army officer. And I was like, he thinks I'm a former army officer. Thank (laughs) God, okay. I'm not even gonna reply to this because I was still in, right? not going to reply to this. I'm good. Because, He'll because publish it because, yeah. Like, because then you'd
1: have to correct that probably. Right. And then you'd have to like,
0: yep. And I didn't oh, want to reply.
1: So I was just done. like, all right,
0: I'm not going to reply to any of this. He'll publish what he wants. At least he said former because if he says army officer, this is going to be, this is going to be bad for me. This is going to be really bad. Um, so a week later, <laughs> cause I haven't replied. He contacts me again. And the article is coming out in two days. He said, also, and he's like digging under my skin. He says, also, we have just confirmed with the U S army public affairs office that you are currently serving at a captain at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And I was like, Whoa. So like now the army, like at the highest level knows about me. So this is a matter of time before someone in my chain of command, it just, just cheers me. I don't know what's going to happen, dude. I like, I was thinking worst case scenario that they're going to you know, label me as some sort of insider threat, domestic terrorist. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. And uh, dude, it was pretty incredible. Just a quick story on, on trauma healing. My dad had never apologized for anything he had done really for me, like to, to me, none of the physical abuse, anything. Mm. And I had always had this lingering, fear of authority, I think in part because of that, but also because I was in the army dealing with this situation, right? I was at a really low point because I was worried that I was going to get absolutely screwed. I was looking at worst case scenario, like legitimate UCMJ uh, action, which is uniform code of military justice, where it's essentially like the military's court system and law legal system, right? I was looking at like, could they jail me for something? Like, I don't know. You know, you know, I have no idea. And I was so afraid. So, my dad calls me out of the blue one day and we did not have a relationship at this time. This is a year ago. Um, And he breaks down crying and apologizes for everything that he's ever done out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And I feel such a release and I start crying and I, you know, I'm like, wow, like I, I feel an aspect of me as healed, like another, another piece. Later that day is when I get a text from my commander, like, Hey, what the fuck am I'm hearing that you're a part of an anti-vaccine conspiracy theory organization that is uh anti-government, blah, 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 blah. Um, what the fuck is up with this? And because I had already healed that aspect of me, I didn't re- I didn't react to the situation. I responded literally the same day. Dude. Love same it. Day. Nice. Yeah. Just how the universe lines it up for you. And it's like all perfect. Right. And I, was well, still, I had I had a lingering fear. Cause like, again, the unknown, but I, I, I responded to the situation. I calmly told my commander, I was like, sir, I, you already know the situation with my wife and my mom. Like I've, I've talked to him about that before, you know, where my stance is on health. You don't know my stance on, on vaccines necessarily, but he had already known that I had applied for a religious accommodation too. Cause I didn't get the flu shot or anything like that mm-hmm. in the army um, after 2019. After 2019, I no longer had to get any more shots because I applied for religious accommodation. And ultimately my opinion is not formed on the basis of conspiracy theory. We have doctors that come on our podcast. We have doctors that are part of our organization. This is my stance. I mean no harm. I've never expressed that it represents the views of the army. I've never even showed that I'm in the army. I apologize if this is causing you any um, you know, problems, uh, but this is ultimately my authentic perceptions of what's going on. And he said, Okay. Just don't get in trouble anymore. Um, keep lay low. You only have a few weeks left in the army. Cause I was, I had already, I was already getting out, uh, just don't get in trouble. And I was like, all right, cool. So then it ended up not being that bad, dude. It could have been a lot worse. Um, but that was that piece of censorship. Uh, and then I've also been deleted seven times, um, off Instagram, Twitter twice,
1: uh Health Room Free Man. He's been deleted off Instagram several times, YouTube. Um it's like the struggle, the struggle of uh the singularity, the AI just <clears throat> wanting to dominate our conversation online on all social media platforms. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Wow. So yeah. What a,
1: yeah uh, what a journey, man. I didn't realize a lot of those details about you and like what you went through with the army. That's that that was interesting. I mean, I can only imagine. Um I cuz you know it's, a, it's just, it is an it's it isn't it's an authority figure and especially if you're in oh, there man. you voluntarily went to the army you did yeah so when you go to when you go to West Point um
0: it's just like like right. West Point is the army's it's like there's the Naval Academy for the Navy there's the Air Force Academy for the Air Force West Point United States Military Academy is you commission the army afterwards so you spend 4 years there it's uh you know high quality education in, in the system but you know well, it, it's 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 usually in the top three to four public schools according to Forbes in the United States. So it's it's one of the best schools. Um, definitely rivals like Ivy League education. Right. And then you pay back your time since you go there like the government's paying for everything by being in the army for five years. Like that's how you pay back your tuition,
1: so to speak so you, you didn't see uh, did you see action or was it when you say being in the no. army is it like you're you're like they're waiting to be used kind of
0: Well so I never saw any action because I was in this program in the army. Um, okay so this this let me summarize this piece this is a piece that I forgot to add. me going to West Point I had never wanted to be in the army ever do I strike you as a guy who would ever want to be in the army? Probably not. Like I, now that, you, I've, no, now that I've met you, look, went,
1: you look like a, like a Marine, but when I met you, now that I've met you, I'm like, Oh no, this guy's like really cool. <laughs> not that Marines aren't yeah. cool, but, uh, but yeah.
0: No, but you, you know what I mean? Like, that's not my personality. Like yeah, I'm yeah. not an army. That's just not me. Um, I was recruited to play basketball at West Point. So I went to West Point, got cut from the basketball team immediately upon arriving there. Um, so, so, I stayed though because I had already decided that I was going to be there regardless right. Mm-hmm. And when I was there there's this there's this so like everyone that gets cut from the basketball, football, baseball, soccer or lacrosse team which like the Division one sports will end up playing one of these three sports water polo, rugby or handball because you have to play a sport at West Point whether it's club, division one or intramural. You have to play a sport like that's that's required at West Point. And so when I got cut from the basketball team, I got approached by this dude who was playing pickup. I was playing pickup basketball with him in the gym, the very beginning of my freshman year. And the dude came up to me and said, Hey, you should come try out for handball. And I was like, what the, what the fuck is handball? I was thinking the game where you hit the ball against the wall. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not that, not that I promise you. Like, it's not what you think it is. Please come try out. It's an Olympic sport. It's huge in Europe. It's huge in South America. Come try out. Oh, dude, like, okay, I, the, the first time,
1: out. first time I heard of a handball was through you. And when I saw the pictures that I, that you showed some at one time, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is legit. But yeah, please share. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. So I ended up playing on the handball team at West point alongside like every, all the other, you know, ex athletes that got cut from the division one teams. And um, I got really good at it. And around my junior year we were playing in this tournament in Canada and a USA U.S. national team coach was there watching us play, and he came up to myself and another one of my teammates and said, "Hey, you guys should, uh, you know, try for the national team." And I was like, "Well, I can't do that because I have to be in the army when I graduate. So like, there's no way I could." And he was like, "Oh, no way! You're wrong. Actually, you can be in the army and also be on a U.S. national team for an Olympic sport. There's this program in the army called the World Class Athlete Program." I was like. Oh my God. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, when I commissioned as an officer, I spent the first year and a half doing normal. I was a field artillery officer. It's called a 13 alpha. I spent the normal first year and a half doing normal field artillery stuff. So the first six months was I was training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma on how to specifically be a field artillery officer, like learn to be a field artillery officer. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. And I was supposed to deploy to Korea, but I had to have shoulder surgery. So I had shoulder surgery, did not deploy to Korea. And then I spent the rest of my time rehabbing my shoulder, getting in in shape, because I knew I was gonna be in the world-class athlete program that I had already got accepted into, because I was on the U.S. national team for handball. So then the next two years, I spent as a professional athlete. I, I uh, you know, trained the U.S. national team for men's and women's handball, trained in Auburn, Alabama. There's a small Olympic training facility on Auburn's campus. I lived there. I played professionally in Germany uh, with this team called TSV Bayer Dormagen. Ironically, our main sponsor on our jersey was, you know, Bayer. Well, I think in America we call it Bayer Bayer, the chemical company. Yeah, uh, yeah, like that <laughs> makes aspirin. Oh that, oh, that owns Monsanto. Yeah, that was our main sponsor on the team that I <laughs> played for so in weird. Germany. Ironically, so yeah. So I think that's the universe. That's the universe. That.
1: Like played a joke on you and go like, ha. Oh, look what dude, I'm doing.
0: <laughs> it's like too funny. Um, yeah, so we, I, I, spent two years, uh, in that program, we did not qualify for the Olympics, of course, cause we haven't qualified for the Olympics in that sport since 1996. So as soon as we didn't qualify, shot right back to the army, was in the army as a field artillery officer for another year and then got out. So
1: oh, wow. yeah, you, you, I never had to deploy or anything. That's great. You found a, you found a, a like a, almost like a little loophole inside the army. I found there. a loophole <laughs> Dude, there's only, there's only like a hundred people give or take, um, plus or
0: minus like five that are in the world-class athlete program. And typically it's someone who like, they're on the U S boxing team or they're on the U S wrestling team or the U S track and field team, and they don't have enough money to pay to train. Like, so then the army uh, offers the, them like, Hey, be in this program and you can be in the army while also sir, like you, you represent the army as a professional athlete, as a U.S. national team athlete. Um, but then you're also able to, you know, train the whole time as, as an athlete. Let me show you this picture real quick. This is funny, dude. So this is, this is me. One of my West point classmates came to watch me play in Germany and that's on the Jersey. There it
1: is. <laughs> that's a buddy. black male picture right there. It's like, look Beyer. at this guy. He used to work for Hold on. He was in the army. He was sponsored by buyer. Yeah. <laughs> he's still, he's, he's yeah, yeah, he's, um, controlled opposition. Yeah. Uh, Co-op. That's what you said. Um, Man, that is a journey. Wow. Wow. I did not know that uh, those details about you. And and so, so, so now, so you created this organization, you got out of the army and now this organization is, in my opinion, it's, it's taken off, man. Thank you. Like the, 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 the the speed at which it went up on, um, on like the, the top 100 podcasts for health. It was insane. It was like in like four or five months, maybe you went, or dude, maybe even less.
0: Yeah, we we got into the top fifty health and fitness podcasts, and we're not there now. We've 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 dropped off tremendously, and I don't I don't really know what's happening. We're trying to like reassess that, but we still have a hundred thousand streams per month, which is pretty incredible. But we uh, and it's such a saturated space, health and fitness, especially with everything going on right now. Dude, we were in we were at one point for like a sustained three three to four month period in the top 100 and then for like a one month period in the top 50 and then for like a three-week period in the top 20 health and fitness podcasts uh, according to apple in the
1: entire world which is like unbelievable unbelievable. once i saw you you started you passed like you passed like dr mercola at one point (laughs) once you started passing we we were were ahead of rfk dr aubrey marcus ben greenfield Sean
0: Stevenson's, the model health show. We were right by Lewis Howes, uh, for his podcast. Like it was, dude, that's it was why crazy. I like in my, in
1: my, that's why my, my honest, honest opinion is that you broke through the algorithm, the algorithm, the people realized what was going on and then they turned on the algorithm on you. And, and that's what's happening. I think right now you're just getting that, that feedback loop of, of the AI, you know, I think so too. It's it's interesting
0: too because like all those other podcasts, and don't get me wrong, a lot of them are great. Sean is a good friend of mine, his podcast is incredible. The Mercola RFK, all those podcasts are awesome. They advertise heavily. We didn't advertise crap. We it was the people wanting to listen to us well, that and found also, us that, and also
1: know. they've been around for years. I mean, think about the yeah. amount of time and 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 money that was spent to create this the stability enough to be consistent. Cause I'm building that right now for my brand. I'm like looking at the backend stuff and seeing how it all works. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I started this process like six months ago and I'm still struggling. <laughs> I'm not struggling, but yeah. I'm still kind of like trying to get that initial ground layer, you know, distribution process going. So the fact that you were able to like just bulldoze right through all that time and effort in such a short amount of time, it proves in my opinion that like organically what you're talking about and what the demand is, is this is is sovereignty is freedom is like this kind of conversation so so thank you for talking about it (laughs) yeah of course and real
0: real quick thing i want to share that we're uh we've 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 always defined like since the uh conception of our organization health freedom was defined as the right to choose what is best for your own health without coercion or force that's how we define health freedom and our mission statement is uh, educating, empowering, and uniting people from all walks of life under one common purpose: the reclamation, defense of that health freedom. We've also recently um, adopted an additional definition to health freedom that we use, we use both, and it's to reflect our wanting to um, provide solutions and, and provide resources and education on solutions, especially when it comes to our chapters in uh, various areas. We have 21 state chapters and chapters in three countries. The second definition we've adopted is the right to know and access what produces and maintains mind, body, spirit, wellness. So that's how we define health freedom as well. Wow. To, to reflect I love that. that. Yeah,
1: that's such an important layer. That's like, yeah. that's almost like you're, you're trying to embody, uh, critical thinking. <laughs> Let's yeah, embody exactly. critical thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, cause it's more than just focusing on like the right to choose vaccines or not choose vaccines, right? To choose mass or not choose master, right? To, you know, any of these things, it's so much more than that. If you are truly embodying health freedom, it has to be, you are well in mind, body, and spirit. If you're not well in mind, body, and spirit, then you are not free, my friend. You have to be well in mind, body, and spirit. And that definition that we've adopted embodies that. It, it embodies the, the, you know, providing knowledge education
1: community surrounding mind body spirit wellness so so tell me a little bit more about that just expand uh, and we can like a few more questions we can end it but um expand just uh, on the future of health freedom for humanity like what is your real vision here for it and the community that are being a part of it now yeah
0: man so this is pretty, this is like the first time I've been able to pitch this. I think I pitched it to you the other you did. day. The that's why I'm, that's why I'm asking,
1: but I didn't want to, I, I I asked it in that way. Cause I like yeah, open it for you if however you want to explain it.
0: Yeah. So we rely on, this is good because I need to refine this like pitch. <laughs> so we rely on donations in order to operate. We're 501c3. We're probably moving away from 501c3 just because we don't want to be tied to the government and the nonprofit and all the paperwork and like yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. But um, right now we are 501c3, so we rely on donations, and it's hard to get people to understand that. First off, uh, that like everything that we're doing, we're doing like with our own time, money, like in effort. You know, so we we need money as does anyone in this system in order to operate and function as an organization, right? And so we've been looking at okay, how. In our chapters, do people know that they're actually like a member of Health Freedom for Humanity? Is it just by them going to chapter meetings and functions? No, it has to be more than that. They need to feel that they're part of a community, right? So we're creating a membership um, thing on our website. We're building that right now. And what it'll look like is you donate however much you want a month, whatever the value of Health Freedom for Humanity is to you. You donate that on a monthly or on an annual basis. And then you are now a member of Health Freedom for Humanity. And what does that get you to be a member of Health Freedom for Free Humanity? We've already been in contact with several brands and, and uh, courses, including you, right? Um, where we're creating discounts uh, that are of typically of higher percentages than normal, because we're not asking for commission off those discounts with those brands and services and products and courses. We're creating a like basically a list of all these brands behind that membership portal that we are in alignment with, that we are affiliated with, and so people have like a space of like, wow, here's all these brands I can access at a discounted rate because I'm a member. Or even some people are offering you know, free uh, aspects of their courses or one free product w- with their purchase um, to be a member of Health Freedom Free Manny. And then also what that looks like on the ground is, is you'll have a drop down list of any of our chapter locations. OK, say I'm in the Kansas chapter, but I'm traveling to Ohio. Click Ohio. List of all the businesses in Ohio. That if I'm a member of health frame for humanity, I can shop at a discounted rate. And then the third thing we're going to offer is exclusive podcast episodes behind that, that paywall. And it's, it's people will be able to view the podcast live and ask questions to the people that are being interviewed. And then lastly, what we want this to look like in the future, as we grow this more and we have, you know, have reached a certain threshold of members and we're sustained financially is that all of our chapter um, meetings where we will have you know speakers come out for these, I think we're gonna try to do every other month, have a chapter meeting. Speakers will come out fully funded by Health Freedom for Humanity. You attend it, funded by Health Freedom for Humanity. Drinks, food, music, all of it provided for by Health Freedom for Humanity. And it's creating this community of people that are not focused on petitioning the government, which has its place, like you know, Freedom Keepers is, is really good about that. Stand for Health Freedom, Sarah G's, uh platform. Uh, is, is really good about that. We're not, we're not focused on that, that we're focused on just creating a network and a community of people and teaching them that they are already free, educating, empowering, and uniting people of all walks of life for health freedom. And that's what we're trying to create.
1: And that's the vision for the future. I love it. You know, I can't help myself because I'm a crypto guy. But as you describe it, I'm like, oh, uh, NFTs for memberships, DAOs for the organization, uh, you know, all markets, the creating the markets inside the DAO. I mean, you're you're creating you're creating the the DAO system centralized right now. And I say centralized, I mean like in your own servers. So yeah. I, I feel like the transition to a DAO is going to be simple as pie. Like that, dude. We just need to get away from being a five ce one C three, and that's that's going to take time. But yes, that's dude, that's that's it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think you're on the path, man. You're on that path, and um, you know I, I, the fact that you're already with the mindset of bartering. That's what you're doing. You're you're trying to create this little network of bartering so that we can start benefiting from each other instead of these central sources. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what crypto is all about. Crypto is about utilizing our own skills amongst ourselves and you know yeah, I, yeah. my opinion is that crypto is just facilitating that, those transactions that's really what it's all about it's not about control i mean it, it is going to it's a tool it's going to be used by evil but if we can as good people use it to compound on these on this layer that this community building that you're creating then that's it. That we're we're we're, right. fa- we're being facilitated by this non-centralized governing system for us to live our lives. Simple as possible. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you just completely shifted my whole perception of crypto like an hour ago, and I had you on my
1: podcast. So. <laughs> I'm good. You no, know, that's so never like, the yeah, inc- I agree. Yeah. That's never the intention when I like, when I talk to people about crypto. I just want to share. But um, I, the more I do it, it starts to like create the analogies and then it lands. And then the person's like, You convinced me. And I'm like, I'm glad I did, but I wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did, though. You did. You answered a few of my questions. So yeah, cool. That's funny. Um, Awesome. Do you have do you have any more questions about crypto? I mean, we're, we're near the end here. I just wanted to see if you had any more questions that I can uh, answer for you. I mean, I know you. I just I need you, to learn
0: more about it. I need to take your.
1: I need to take your unbank yourself course. That's I, what I need to do. Honestly, I to I, I'm gonna be. I made it in a way so that anybody can kind of come in and really grasp it as well as on board. And so at the end of it, after after the end of four weeks, you're not gonna understand it. You know, that's gonna be very it's so many layers, you're not gonna understand it, but you're gonna feel confident in the steps and the practical steps of unbanking. Yeah, and that's what money. I need,
0: dude. Because I'm just like a dude that's on that has crypto and it's held on Coinbase and I need to get it off there. I need you, yeah.
1: Yeah. If so you I, want to understand it, to you gotta it. you gotta take my my academy level, my university level course, which is eight hours of video. Um, and that that can go deep into every every layer of it. But the practical steps- do you have it though? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want okay, to go deep, if you want to go deep into the the actual core, like the actual understanding of it, the, the concepts, like the basics, fundamentals, as well as like mindset stuff that I work, work on at the end. Um, yeah. The, 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 it's already ready to go. I'll send you the, uh, I'll send you the link to it, but it's um, if you go to uh, autogomes.live slash crypto dash made dash easy, uh, crypto made easy, but it's the course that I sell now okay i'm gonna do that right now so that's that's like <laughs> university level to understand and grasp and like uh, you go at your own pace um the four weeks unbank yourself that's going to be like a class you know i'm going to be live i'm going to be got it. okay kind of handholding. And, okay yeah very different dyna- way of learning um and way more to the point than than the other one got it cool Cool. Well, um, yeah, if you don't have any more questions man, I, I, I thank you so much for sharing everything. you know if you can leave one last piece of advice, I always like to leave the last word to the interviewee uh, either a piece of advice or a plug that you want to give, give at the end here. Your trauma and your
0: past does not define you. Mm. Who you are in the present moment defines you in each present moment. and that requires you to be present. That requires you to be here in the now. To be authentically you here in the now.
1: That's it. I love it. I like. Can I compound on that? I'm sorry, I don't mean to, but I want to. <laughs> Go, take it. This is what I this and I I always I like to say this too is like if you're living in the past, you're living in the fear of of replaying the past, right, or regret. If you live in the future, you're living in anxiety and anticipation and expectation of that future. Living in the now, you're living in the stillness in the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it, brother. This is great. Thank you so much for connecting with me and sharing your journey. Like I know you more than I've known before. And this is what I was wanting. I was wanting to get to know you deeper and I appreciate it. I appreciate all the vulnerability. Well, I
0: learned that you were a freaking like accountant at 15 and you were (laughs) born in Brazil and you're fluent
1: in Portuguese. So I learned about you today too. Good. That's, that's the point right here to get, to get to know us better with each other so that we can get deeper in our connection. That's the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Love it. Wow. What an amazing episode. I always enjoy talking to Alex. Zek. the dude knows how to break things down to like basic human experience. And I love that there's no mask with him and that's great. Um, yeah, I love that conversation. We just dove really deep into the whole crypto subject and made sure to layer it back as much as we can, as much as we could throughout it. And he is just uh, a curious person. And that that brings me so much joy. I, I've always said that moving forward in this reality, if, if we're not curious more, if we're not, if we don't have more curiosity, we're always going to be perpetuating the same habitual thinking patterns. And so, kudos to Alec for, for stepping into that role of looking at things differently and, you know, allowing yourself to expand into this life that you, it looks like you were meant to live. You know, I always look at as like the struggles as being the preparation for our future and, the best good men come from very difficult upbringings. So thank you. Thank you, Alec, for doing what you're doing, sharing your information, sharing your knowledge, your research, uh, interviewing the people that you are, because it's making a difference. It's making waves and an impact that you can't put a number to it. And a- about crypto, if you want to dive deeper into crypto and, you know, learn about DAOs and, and essentially the direction that Alec is going to be moving with with health freedom for humanity, uh, take a look at my course, autogomes.live forward slash unbank yourself is going to be a process that I'm going to go through with you for four weeks to look at the unbanking process to take your money out of the SWIFT system and put it into the blockchain system. And then to step away from working your nine to five and having crypto work for you, passive income. And so if you want to learn those steps and go through the journey with me, make sure you check out my course, autogomes.live forward slash unbank yourself. And of course, follow me on YouTube. Uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow me on Instagram, like button, save it, share it, everything that we can do to get this information out there and get as many people unbanked as possible, because that will start to take their power away. Always remember to gamify your abundance. Love you guys.